Hello, everybody, and welcome to Four Feathers Podcast, your Blackhawks on tap postgame show. I am Tony Marchese. Tonight, I am joined by Pat Bodeway. Pat, we're talking about a 6-2 Hawks win. How you doing, my friend? I'm wonderful, man. That was a beautiful game. That was so much fun. It absolutely was. It's always fun when the Hawks put up a ton of goals. Um, it's always fun to talk about a winner. I think this is the second or third one of these we've done together, and I don't think we've talked about a loss yet, have we? I don't think so. No, I and me, no. It's a good luck crew right here. Um, yeah. <laughs> hey, we'll take it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Pat, uh, we're going to get right into this one in just a second, but a uh, quick shout-out for uh, for our guy Johnny Nani, who was there in attendance tonight. Um, first game back for him in March. Uh, it felt like the Hawks had been away from the UC for quite a while. It's nice to have them back home. It's nice to be watching some Blackhawks hockey in front of the home crowd, um, and we're going to get a ton of that as we have been now uh, through March uh, going on here for a little while. Um, but, Pat, let's get right into this one. First period, Hawks take a one nothing lead on a Drake Kajula goal. Um, and despite the Hawks having the lead in this one in the first, things were a little bit shaky when you're looking at high-danger scoring chances. Uh, the Ducks uh, came out of that period 9-5 to in high-danger chances. Um, yeah, the Hawks look good at, at, at some points in there, but, uh, the Ducks are still putting some stuff on net. Corey Crawford, uh, was, you know, rising to the occasion quite often there. What are your thoughts on the first? Well, they were outshot 16 to six and that's not a good way to win a game. Uh, yeah, they got that first one. They got lucky on that one. Kajula was in a really good spot. Um, I think that, uh, that easily could have been, three to nothing um from the Hawks side too because the Hawks for about three or four minutes after they scored that first goal I mean they were going on a tear right there um and then it flipped and it didn't flip back until the next period and it was one of those ones where it's like man they're gonna let this get away from them real quick and kind of had your heart going right there in the first right off the bat yeah um definitely a good pace to this one and I wasn't really expecting that I mean the Ducks come into this one at 26, 32, and 8. They are in the basement of the Western Conference. And uh, the Hawks have been there as well, but definitely a team that the Hawks, I I believe, on paper are still better than, uh, despite some of the the issues that the Blackhawks have had themselves. Uh, You would have liked to see a 3-0 Blackhawks lead to start this one off. Unfortunately, they were only able to put one away um, and then ride the back of Corey Crawford through that first period. Uh, let's get into the second because this is where things are fun and we can start talking about some fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dylan Strom, uh, getting back on the port. Uh, it had been a while since he scored a goal, um, and it was good to see him. That comes at the 3 minute 46 second mark into the second period. Assists there from Keith and Boquist, um, and that put the Hawks up 2 nothing. Any thoughts on that goal there from Stromer? It was a beautiful pass from uh, from Patrick Kane getting to the blue line, dipping it back down, finding him across the ice. He was in a perfect spot. Uh, Strom having a stick on the ice, you know, and it just the puck just kind of found him, and, and he buried it, and it was it was beautiful. I mean, my daughter was asleep throughout the whole game, but on that specific goal, I I jumped off the couch and almost woke her up, but. Held the pack, but that one was beautiful. It was a great goal. I think the one you're referencing there is actually Stromer's second. He did score twice in oh, that was period. It? Yeah, the first one was uh, was the assist from Keith, but that second goal that he had, dude, that you're just describing right, right there, absolutely electric play 
from Patrick Kane. And this is what Patrick Kane is just we Johnny and I talked about this a few weeks ago or almost a week ago. Um, now, uh, where we talked about reasons to continue to watch this Hawks team and Patrick Kane, I mean, just making plays like that one that you're, you're talking about. We jumped over, uh, one of the, the lone goal here from the ducks in the second, uh, that came from Danton Heinen, uh, at the 420 mark, um, smoke him if you got him. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> Stromer, uh, bookended both or that, that, uh, that Anaheim ducks goal, um, with beautiful plays from, uh, Patrick Kane there, and then uh, the earlier one that came from uh, Keith and Boquist. Um, then right after that Dylan Strom goal, uh, just about two minutes later, uh, you get Alexander Nylander um, just making it nasty uh, with a little backhand, slows it down, brings it to the backhand, puts it in the net. Uh, that goal was his ninth, Alexander Nylander's ninth goal on the year. And then you couldn't even blink before Patrick Kane comes back down off of another pass from Alexander Nylander and puts in his 29th for four goals from the Hawks. I believe two of them came within 15 seconds. Yes, we got 15 seconds. Uh, 18.07 on Nylander's tally, and then uh, 18.22 uh, for Patrick Kane there. Uh, just an electric period from the Blackhawks. Playoff-style pace. Uh, there was a lot going on there. Um just tons of stuff. Johnny Nani actually brought something up on the uh, the intermission uh, uh, live that he did from the UC, uh, where he talked about a play uh, that Adam Boquist made in the back end of the ice, and I also noticed it myself. And I want to give it some credit there. Uh, I believe that was on the Nylander goal, um, where Boquist the 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 Ducks had a rush the other way, Pat, and mm-hmm. uh, Boquist's stick. Uh, was just incredible there on the back check. Um, lifts the stick, kind of shoves the puck into the corner, and then springs Nylander out. Um, that one goes unassisted, but uh, definitely a great play there from a young defenseman in Adam Boquist. Any thoughts uh, just on this period in general? Um, yeah, so just going real quick back to that first Strom goal, I did have those two uh, mixed up. Um, something that you haven't seen a lot this year was puck luck. And it was that shot from Keith at the blue line that hit the back of the board and found Dylan Strom's stick on the ice. Um, You don't, you haven't seen a lot of puck luck this year for the Hawks. Um, That second one, you know, beautiful pass from Kane. And then, yeah, that, that defensive stop um, to get Nylander the puck. I mean, you have him on a, on a two on one and you're like, Oh man, is this going to end well or not? And then he makes a really nice move and backhands it, you know? And then, like you said, 15 seconds later, uh, cleaning up the garbage in front of the net, man, you just get the puck again, get it over to Kane. He just bangs that thing right in. And it was a nice series of goals. And it's something that you haven't seen a ton this year. And it was nice to get back to felt like the Hawks of, uh, 2015, 2013, you know? Yeah, it did. And they, and one thing that I've always been uh, a slight critic of, uh, of the Blackhawks, at least in the past two years, while we've been doing this show is playing down to their opponents. Um, mm-hmm. And this would have been a e- very easy game for the Blackhawks to play down to the Anaheim Ducks. And um, the, the Ducks are just a decimated franchise right now. And uh, you typically see the Blackhawks, um, like I said, play down to their opponent, not really 
you know, put the pressure on and, and play a full 60, so to speak. It's really interesting mm-hmm. when you go and look at natural stat trick and see kind of the flow, the game flow here. It uh, At the beginning, you have it pretty much all Anaheim. And then it shifts right when that second period starts and stays in the Hawks' favor uh, in the course of four, five on five, the rest of the game. Uh, that, that game flow chart is very telling. Um, sometimes when you look at these things, they, uh, they, they tend not to tell the whole picture, at least from my perspective. But this one, you can literally watch this entire game go from, from some momentum for the Anaheim Ducks straight into Chicago's favor. Um, flipping it back over here, uh, let's just talk about the third period real quick. Uh, Carter Rowney uh, does uh, put one in the net uh, at 8.26 into the third at this point in time. Uh, this one's pretty much already out of reach. And then David Kampf, uh, off of a beautiful pass from Matthew Highmore, right in the slot, uh, cross eyes, cross, cross the goalie up, uh, puts it right in the net. Uh, one of the things I was texting one of my buddies about during this game, Pat, is if there was a game that looked exactly like an NHL on Xbox, uh, all the goals the Hawks scored tonight were textbook how to score in shell. Um, Mm. cross ice, uh, get to the slot, long stretch passes, tap ins, um, backhanders. This, this game looked like you were watching, uh, the Blackhawks play NHL, uh, against the Anaheim Ducks. And, uh, we're, we were just surprised that, uh, Anaheim didn't uh, quit the game early here. Cause, uh, normally that's what happens when you're playing online. Um, but uh, needless to say here, uh, the Blackhawks, they came out to play tonight. Probably one of the best efforts that we've seen. Uh, from this team all year uh, when you put it all together. Um, scoring uh, from your, your top goal scorers to some depth guys uh, like David Camp, uh, just complete up down the lineup. Uh, everybody was contributing. Uh, let's get into some players and some time on ice stuff. Uh, one thing that I want to bring up, uh, we had just seen uh, Alexander Nylander uh, play just under seven minutes in the last game. Uh, tonight, much improved time on ice for him, and well deserved with the with the uh, the amount of tallies he put up on the score sheet tonight. Uh, tonight he ends up at thirteen forty eight, um, and then he uh, he was a plus three on the night with two points, a goal, and assist. Um, just going through some other things right here. Matthew Highmore uh, on the low end at nine fifty six, uh, and then on the high end for the forwards, uh, pretty much almost as always here. Uh, Jonathan Taves, if it's not going to be Patrick Kane. But if you look up and down this one, Pat, um, pretty evenly spread time on ice amongst mm-hmm. the forward core. A lot of guys riding around in the 13 to 15-minute mark. Um, pretty uh, pretty evenly spread out there, and that's normally a good recipe for success when you can spread it out. Especially with the defensemen, too. Um, if, you're, if you're looking at everybody across the board, the whole team – was uh, you know almost even except for a couple of outliers. But if you look at the defensemen, normally Duncan Keith is about you know six to eight minutes ahead of every other defenseman, and uh, in this one he was only only about like four and a half to five minutes ahead of everybody else. So it's nice to see him get uh, a little bit of rest. You know he's getting older. He's feels like he's led the league in uh, in minutes for like forever. So it's nice to see him uh, actually get a little bit of a break in that one yeah still tally in 24 minutes 17 seconds time on mm-hmm. ice definitely not an easy load but uh you know right. when you've got when you've got uh 
Boquist skating for 20 minutes tonight um, and getting some power play it's nice time. It. It's nice to see the young guys get that ice time. Um, you know, Kirby Doc only getting 13.09 in the forward core. I'd like to see that go up a little bit, although I'm always an advocate for seeing more time on ice from Kirby. Um, but again, I mean, I think that this one was just kind of uh, evenly spread out. Um, so good work there uh, tonight from everybody because normally – um, you start to see some things slide. And obviously the Hawks take a large lead. It's easier to, to, to rest some of those guys. Um, and, and, and that's not always been the case for the Hawks this year. We've had to rely on guys like Patrick Kane, Duncan Keith, Jonathan Taves to kind of carry those minutes um, and get the team back into the game. Uh, it's nice when you can kind of spread that out amongst your bottom six, especially on the forward side and uh, your bottom D pair. Um, Lucas Carlson, like I said, getting 16 minutes, 55 seconds. Uh, Slater Cuckoo, 17, uh, 17-10 on the night. Um, in an interesting uh, other situation at one point in this game, Corey Crawford. Uh, we would be remiss if we did not bring this one up. Uh, Corey Crawford getting a knee in the head uh, by Ryan Ketzlav. Um, you know, uh, we've got some choice words for Ryan Getzlaff around here. And I know yes, you do. do. I know you do yourself. Uh, he's, uh, he's something else, but, uh, I think he knew exactly what he was doing when he, uh, jumped up, kneeled or need Crawford into, uh, a, uh, concussion scare, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, the concussion spotters brought Corey off the ice and, uh, Malcolm Subban has made his Blackhawks debut. He was on the ice for around 17 seconds, um, <laughs> or 70 seconds. I'm sorry, not 17, 70 seconds. Exactly. Um, he did not make a save. He did not take a shot. Um, although it looked scary there around the net for a second, he, um, I guess maintained his composure enough to, uh, enter a Blackhawks game, stay for a minute and 10 seconds. And then, uh, disappear back onto the bench where I'm, ex- I'm assuming he will spend most of the rest of his year. Uh, Crawford, thank God, was okay and was able to return. Um, Crawford on the night, uh, 31 for 33, um, 5 for 5, no power play goals there for the Ducks. Um, and then uh, 37 saves on 37 shots. So um, 31 to 33 was on even strength. Uh, and that's good for a 9.49 save percentage on the night. Corey Crawford, man, this was this looked like I, I always want to say vintage Corey Crawford whenever we get a good game out of Corey, but is it really vintage Corey Crawford, Pat, or do you think he's just had this pretty much around the whole time? Uh, that's a I that's an honest it. question. Yeah, I do. I, I mean, I've said it before that I've always been a Crawford defender, um, and I think you know ever since the Laner trade, uh, he's kind of you know, taking the team on his back a little bit. I mean, and look at that game, you know, going up against Tampa Bay, you know, a week or so ago. I mean, that easily could have, you know, just gone under. But I think Crow's taking it, and I think he's he's rolling with it, and we got to ride with him. Um, one interesting thing I did uh, think to myself when the whole situation happened, uh, Malcolm Subban, he didn't really stretch that much before he came in. He took a you know a couple stretches of the legs, and then boom, he was on the ice. And I, I found that a little odd. I mean, I know he's you know professional goaltender, but I don't know when the last time he even played was. So you'd think it'd take a little bit more warming up than that. So that was a little odd moment to me. Maybe I'm overthinking that. I don't know. But did you notice anything weird about that? Yeah, I I don't know. I, I saw him 
get down in the stretch once, hop right in, and it seemed like play started right away. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't normally see anybody take practice shots or, or, or any of that type of thing unless there's right, maybe yeah. a, a TV timeout or anything. But it seemed really quick. Uh, he was right into the action, and uh, you know I think that's just normally how things go. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't know the last time he's seen game action. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of rough when you start to look at that and say like, what if, what if Corey Crawford was out the rest of the game? Like, what, what would we be talking about tonight? Yeah. Who, who knows? Uh, thank God that's not what we're talking about here. Uh, cause man, that would kind of fucking suck if yeah, they blew this game because, Corey Crawford took a knee to the head. And, and actually, shortly thereafter, uh, Crawford did catch one in the mask. Um, came off mm-hmm. the chin. I saw that. Um, you know, he kind of turned around, shook the mask off a little bit, checked it out. I was a little worried when he took that puck off the mask that they were going to come right back out there and drag him right off the ice. Um, yeah. Thankfully, uh, that did not happen, obviously. Um, and we're talking about a winner here. But, Pat, uh, we talked about this a little bit. Uh, before we started recording, uh, the Hawks have gained some ground in the standings. So why don't you uh, give the listeners uh, a little bit of rundown of uh, what that Western Conference wild card uh, looks like right now? So right now, if you're looking at it, uh, going into this game, the Hawks were six points out. Uh, Nashville had been in the last wild card spot, and that has changed because Winnipeg won. So Winnipeg is actually in the last wild card spot, and now. Sorry, my monitor just froze up. Um, now, if you're looking at it, the Hawks only sit. There we go. Bear with us through the uh, through the Sorry technical difficulties here. <clears throat> so they're still six points out. Um, like I said, Winnipeg uh, was 74 points. Vancouver was 74 points uh, in those last two wild card spots. You got Minnesota at 73, Nashville and Arizona at 72, and Chicago at 68. Uh, they have a couple games on hand with uh, with Winnipeg, and uh, they win a couple of those games, get within you know two to three points of those, <clears throat> and Winnipeg takes that two game slide. They're right back in this. Um, you have a really important important game coming up uh, on Thursday, which we'll talk about in a little bit, which could be a tough one. But the rest of their schedule, you could see them pulling out maybe four or five wins this month um a couple tough games but they could easily jump back into this only being six points down so one of the things that uh that johnny and i brought up and i, I told you i was going to bring this up uh on the podcast before we started talking pat was that uh i believe this was before the tampa bay game this was before the tampa bay game uh johnny and i were doing the recap show and we said the Hawks are going to go, I don't know if it was me or if it was Johnny, uh, but we said that the the Hawks were going to go on a little bit of a run here, just one last time to get everybody's uh, everybody's hopes up. They're going to go on a five-game win streak. And I'm pretty sure that we, we counted, jo- well, at least Johnny did. He said Tampa Bay was not going to happen. The Hawks end up pulling that one out. Now we go into this. We're, on, we're riding a three-game win streak here, um, and I think we said it was going to be a five-game one. And I'm I'm not holding my breath on this. I I I just I, I really see this coming to fruition. The Hawks roller coaster is still in commission right now, and we are on our way up. We are on our way up, Pat. 
we are going to get to the top. I think we're going to get maybe within two points of that wild card spot. And then get ready. If you ever rode a roller coaster, put your hands up, people, because it's going to be free falling from there. That's my prediction. <laughs> That's my prediction. We're going to go free falling. Grab your alcohol, crack your beers, get ready before we get to the top of this thing because you're going to want it. This thing is going to come crashing down at some point. And I hope it doesn't. I hope it doesn't. But the Hawks are known to do this. We've seen it happen last year. We know it's going to happen again this year. I still don't think that they're a playoff team. When you look at this roster right now, especially with the removal of Robin Lehner and Goal, this team, as we saw tonight, Pat, we are one Corey Crawford mask shot or Ryan Getzlaff knee away from dealing with Malcolm Subban as your goaltender for a long stretch of time. There is a lot of ifs right now for the Blackhawks that I just I am not comfortable with. I enjoy these hockey games. I enjoy watching Patrick Kane make stretch passes across the zone for Dylan Strom to put them in. I enjoy watching Kirby Dock and Adam Boquist start to excel in the NHL and have something to play for still right now. But I just think with the way that this is bunched up, it's still a long stretch for the Hawks to get back into a playoff spot. I really honestly do. But I still think we're, we still have some ascension. There is still room as I'm looking up, as we're climbing right now, for this team to continue to get us to a point where we can be heartbroken even more. And that's the beauty of sports. And, you know, just to play devil's advocate, let's say they do make this push. Um, you know, you see teams like Nashville, Minnesota, and Winnipeg all go on a slide. The Hawks make it in as that last wild card spot. Who are they going right back to play? St. Louis. No. You're not beating St. Louis in a seven-game series. No, not you're, not, you're, not, you're not beating St. Louis in a seven-game series. You're not beating St. Louis – in a 12-game series. You ain't beating St. Louis. <laughs> you ain't beating St. Louis. I mean, if you look at St. Louis right here, Pat, they've got a plus 31 goal differential. And even in the in the Western Conference, say, say some crazy stuff happens. Colorado is such a wagon right now, Pat. 50-plus goal differential on that team. Just insanity uh, sitting right there. Uh, tied with St. Louis for wins. The only reason that they're... Uh, kind of behind right now in the in the central is because they've got uh, two games in hand on st louis man both of those teams are just juggernauts i think the hawks match up kind of well with dallas um better than those other two but i I don't know how you get past either of them i think a real test for the hawks is going to be on thursday night against the edmonton oilers though uh they're sitting at first in the pacific uh with 36 wins um only a plus nine goal differential, but uh, I mean, man, Connor McDavid. Uh, you're just looking at this team; they're they're in first place for a reason right now, slightly ahead of Vegas uh, by uh, by the skin of their teeth here. Uh, but you know, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be close, man. It's gonna it's gonna be close uh, to see how this all shakes out in, in the Pacific um, as well as the Central. But I just don't think we're, we're talking about these teams that, that are in the first three spots um, in either the Pacific or the Central. The Hawks match up very well against mm-hmm. uh, at all. So, yeah, I, I just I don't see the Hawks as a 
playoff contender that can make a run at this point in time. And, and like I said, especially with the removal of Robin Lehner from this goalie core, um, you're really thin there. Uh, the defense, um, you know, still your bottom pairing, not great. Um, Lucas Carlson, you know, not exactly what I would expect on a playoff type roster. Uh, so there's a lot of ifs on this team. I think the forward core probably can can get some stuff done. I mean, you got some proven vets here, but I, I still think they're going to come up, you know, a day late and a dollar short when it comes to uh, the playoffs here in the 2019-2020 season. Uh, let's get into uh, this matchup, though, on Thursday against Edmonton. Uh, Pat, uh, why don't you run that one down a little bit? So uh, Edmonton won tonight. Uh, they played Dallas. They won 2-1 to one in overtime. And like you said earlier, they got Connor McDavid back. and But they also got guys like Leon Dreisaitl, who I believe it was uh, the other night against Nashville, scored four goals himself. Um, I think they had a total of seven or eight goals in that game. It was ridiculous. Um, but, dude, they're, they're a good team. Um, they're a solid squad. They have uh, a lot of talent. And they're relentless. They're not going to let up. Um, they definitely want that first overall seed in the Pacific. And like you said, Vegas isn't far behind them. Neither is Calgary either. Calgary's only five points behind them. So, you know, obviously every team wants home ice advantage come playoff time. So, you know, they're fighting for it. They're not going to take any, any game lightly. Um, even though the Hawks lost to them the last time they played and they were without McDavid that game, they got him back. And uh, it's just another high-octane body that you're going to have to watch out for and a guy that can score and a guy who's really fast. Well, you know, I look at kind of Tampa Bay here as the precedent game. Uh, Tampa Bay sitting at 87 points. Uh, They're obviously over in the Eastern Conference in the Atlantic. And uh, Edmonton uh, only at 80. Um, And I know that that doesn't exactly translate to everything that's going to happen on the ice. But you've beaten a better team. Tampa Bay, I think, is a far better team than Edmonton. Um, for as much as I've given the Hawks some shit for playing down to their opponents and, you know, not beating the teams that they should beat, even though they did that tonight, which is a step in the right direction, in my opinion, they have played very well in my, in my opinion as well against teams that are better than them. Uh, you look at Boston, you look at Tampa Bay just this season as two examples of games that the Hawks probably should have just been destroyed in and have come out and beat them the hawks are riding high right now they've got their three in a row um you're you're on home ice again you've been home for a while now um and they should be comfortable they should be jacked up to go in and play this game it's not a back-to-back you got the day off tomorrow rest up get ready to go against this edmonton oilers team and for as much as we just talked about this team not being good enough, I guess, to make the playoffs, they still want it. They still want to get there. They know they have to win this game. This is probably the most must-win game right now on the schedule. Uh, I think they'll be well-prepared enough to go in and, and try and make some things happen against Edmonton. I'm predicting a victory just because I said they needed to go on this five-game win streak. I have to stay on brand because staying on brand is cool and tough. I'm staying on brand. Hawks are going to win this one 4-3. I think this one's going to go to overtime, Pat. I think they're going to pull it out in the three-on-three before we get to uh, the shootout. But uh, I think it's a 4-3 victory. Colin Patrick Kane delivering in the three-on-three overtime 
Uh, what are your thoughts, predictions? Let's go. You know what else is really cool and tough? Hmm. Four game win streaks. And I agree with you. I think they're going to pull this one off, extend the win streak, and uh, just keep rolling. I mean, like you said, they're they're comfortable right now. And you don't want to get too comfortable, but you beat a team like Tampa Bay. They are a high-octane offense. Just go out there and do it. Just play some dirty hockey. Just get some pucks on the net and just, just go do it. Well, and I think, Pat, too, one of the things I like tonight is, like we broke down, the cross-ice passes, the guys in the slot, guys in front of the net. They've been doing this now on this three-game win streak fairly consistently. I think if they continue to play that brand of hockey, they're going to be able to get some things done. They're going to be able to score goals. Corey Crawford has been a workhorse. I think he, ever since that Leonard trade as well, has taken that step to say, I am still an elite goalie in the NHL. I think he was doing it before, but now even more so. He's the guy. It's his net. There's nobody else coming out to spell him. You're not starting Malcolm Subban on Thursday night. Corey knows right now he's got to prepare for Thursday, whereas a couple of weeks ago, Robin and Corey didn't know who was going to start on any given Mm -hmm. night. You know, we saw the comments from Robin Lehner talking about, well, I was playing well. All of a sudden, Corey's in for four games in a row. There was no rhyme or reason. Now it's Corey's net. It's Corey's net. It's Corey's net. It's Corey's net. He's not going anywhere. The only time you're ever going to see Malcolm Subban get a start is in one of these upcoming back-to-backs, and that might not even be the case. This is Corey Crawford's net. He knows he's there to protect it. He's on his game right now. He is probably as heightened of awareness that you could possibly be. That's how we've seen Corey be throughout the whole entire, basically, 13 and 15 cup runs outside of a little bit of stuff from Scott Darling coming in there when Corey was having some issues. But right now, I think the Hawks, they're focused. They're ready to go. Like I said, 4-3 victory. You call the victory as well. Let's get into the stick-to-click real quick before we close this one out. There's you one know, guy. Real quick, I, I just want to piggyback off something that you said sure, in the episode right on uh, on Sunday. Uh, you and Johnny talked about getting bodies in front of the net and why hasn't that been a staple of their offense this entire season? You know, and it makes me think. You know, look back in 2010. Like you had Dustin Bufflin standing in front of Roberto Luongo and they're playing Vancouver, and he just couldn't see it coming. That's how you scored your goals. That's how you beat a team like that back exactly. in the day. So why haven't they been doing that, you know, this whole entire year? And look at what they've done the last few games. It's working. So, yeah, keep that going. I it, like that stuff. It's very cliche, Pat, and I love that you wanted to comment on this. It's very cliche. You know, you, you hear these hockey terms all the time. Get pucks deep. Get in front of the net. Go to the slot. Like, mm-hmm. it, there, there's a reason these things are so cliche is because they work. They work all the time for good hockey teams. The Hawks have started to do some of this stuff. And one of the reasons, and I'll repeat myself over and over again, that I love Andrew Shaw is because he's not afraid to go to the net. One of the things Mm -hmm. that I like about Jonathan Taves, even though I don't want him there, is he goes to the net. I love Drake Kajula because he's in front of the net. I love Dustin (laughs) Bufflin. I love Dustin Bufflin because he was in front of the net. How did Dylan Strom score off that Keith pass, or the, the Keith shot that went off the end boards? Why? Because he was right there. By the net. It's yep. it's not that hard. Get in front of the net. Sometimes a defender's going to lose you, and you're going to be right there when the puck gets there. You can't 
score a goal if you're not in front of the net when there's a rebound. You can't score mm-hmm. if you're not in front of the net when there's a loose puck that's there. You got to be there. Stay into the outside and play in that, that, that typical Hawks thing that we've seen for years on end where we're passing the puck all the way around waiting for something to happen. You got five guys on the perimeter. Does not work. We know it. It never worked even when we were doing well. Those goals came from when we were in front of the net unless you get really lucky. Why? Because you've got five defenders clogging up the middle of the ice. No, does not work. It, it doesn't take a genius to figure that stuff out, but it's easier said than done. You know, Pat, you and I have been on the ice together. It's not exactly nice to just go in there and, and get slammed around in front of the net. We know that. Right. But these are professional hockey players. They need to do stuff that, that works, that, that, that continuously has been proven for a team to score goals. We saw it tonight. We've seen it through this three-game win streak. You continue to do that, like I said, you're going to score some goals. You're going to win some hockey games, and that's what we have to do. Uh, let's get into the sticks to click real quick before yeah. we got to close this one out. We're sitting uh, a little bit over a half hour here. We want to keep uh, keep this one short. Um, one guy that I want to see continue to score goals a lot right now at a high rate is Dominic Kubelik. He did not get on the score sheet tonight. I'm pushing for this guy to be in some Calder consideration because I don't think he's getting noticed enough. And even us over here at Four Feathers Pod, we've been pushing this hashtag, Kubelik for Calder. Mm-hmm. He's going to be my stick to click, I think, for the rest of the damn year because <laughs> I want to see this guy just continue to pour it on. Um, so that's who I'm going with. I'm going to continue, as we like to say here, speak it into existence. Get this kid some more goals. Um, I want to see He's him still get, chasing 30, right? Uh, no, he did. I believe he got his 30th. Um, I'm going to go back and, and, and fact check myself here, but I just, I really want him. I really want him to get this done. Uh, I'm pulling up, uh, his stats here. I believe he got at least 29. He is at 29 right now. Yes. 29. Okay. He's chasing yeah. 30. I want to see that 30th goal Thursday night. And I want to see 31 on Thursday night. Let's oh. go. Let's go get that done. Two goal game for Kubalik. What did I say? It was going to be a four three Hawks winner in OT. Give me two Kubalik goals in regulation. Um, let's go get I that like done. It. Pat, like give it. me your stick to click for Thursday night. A uh, little little shout out to Ron Lewis because it's his guy. But uh, my stick to click is going to be Brandon Saad. He had a, a nice breakaway uh, that could have been a shorthanded goal. And uh, it was close. Um, he didn't hit it, but I think uh, you know he's hungry and uh, he's going to get that next one. So I'm going Brandon Sod, the Sod father. Yeah, he missed on a on a, on a real nice breakaway tonight. Um, I just don't think that guy's got the breakaway uh, down pat. What I want to see him do, Pat, who's my favorite player of all time? You should know the answer to this. Marion Hosa. Marion Hosa. I want to see Brandon Saad just pull out some Marion Hosa on these breakaways because he seems to kind of like not know what he wants to do. Just rip a fucking slapper for, for Christ's <laughs> sake. Go, Just get right there in the slot and just fire it up, tee it up, and see what happens. It seemed to work for Hosa. They called uh, Brandon Saad the man child, the second coming of Marion Hosa for so damn long. Just rip a slapper. Give me some some sort of Hosa esque type feeling when I see him on this next breakaway. That's what it would I want definitely to see it it would catch him by surprise because not many people do that. That was one of the things that made Hosa so unique. And yeah, I I agree with you. Just rip a rip a slap shot. Just start ripping slap shots, Brandon Sod. I mean, man, if there's a if there's a player 
who's ever exuded the most cool and toughness of all time, it's Marion Hosa. So just follow in the demigod's footsteps <laughs> and rip some damn slappers, Brandon Saad. That's that's my ask uh, going forward, and we'll see if that happens. If it does happen, I want the credit for it because I said it right now. Um, Brandon Saad, your pick to, or your stick to click here. Uh, I'm going Kubalik for my stick to click. Pat, it's always a pleasure uh, breaking down Blackhawks winners with you. Um, Likewise. I'm going to uh, just do the pleasantries here as as well as I can. Johnny normally handles this. Uh, Buzz handles it over on Socks on Tap. Be sure you're going to OnTap Sportsnet for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Uh, we've got great coverage of all your Chicago sports over at ontapsportsnet.com. If you're a Bulls fan, be sure you're checking out Bulls on Tap. We've got baseball coverage starting to kick off here as the baseball season gets underway. Cubs on Tap for all you Cubs guys out there. Sox on Tap, you can hear Johnny and myself over there at Sox on Tap. Be sure you're following those Twitter accounts as well, at Sox on Tap, at Cubbies on Tap for the Cubs side. And then, like I said, for Bulls, at Bulls on Tap. And we're out of football season Pat, you do some work over there for the Bears as well. Mm-hmm. At Bears on Tap, if you're a Bears fan. Um, I believe you guys have had some some articles rolling out as we're getting uh, uh, close to the uh, NFL draft. Uh, that's it's coming getting up exciting. There. So uh, we've got everything covered in Chicago sports. Uh, on Tap Sportsnet, what's on tap in Chicago sports. Pat, close this out like we always do. Let's go Hawks. Go Hawks. Go Hawks.